0: S. Leo Chang's documentary films explore lives across continents and culture, from the first Vietnamese-American congressman to the first LGBT political party in the Philippines to a legendary Hawaiian ukulele player. His latest film, the documentary short Island in Between, has been nominated for an Academy Award. Its subject, Taiwan's Kinmen Island, and Chang's own relationship to his native Taiwan, couldn't be more timely. In the wake of Taiwan's recent presidential election, and as Congress considers a foreign aid package with billions of dollars at stake for Taiwan and the Indo-Pacific region, Leo, welcome to Political Theater. Thank you, Jason. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. So, a, a little recap of of your film, you know, uh, before we get into some of the, you know, drill drill down. I mean, this is on New York Times uh, Op Docs. Uh, people can see it there and on YouTube. It is a it's a personal documentary but it's also a documentary about this uh this island that is you know I think in your in your words in it it's china is right there kinmen island is taiwan but it is it is 2 miles uh from the chinese mainland uh and and the film explores your relationship with uh, your Your own native taiwan your your father was stationed there during his military service for taiwan uh, you You have these great interactions with people on Kinmen Island. Just talk about like this the film and
1: and what brought you to this project um, you know you, you you just named off uh, some of my previous films um, i i 'm one of those documentary filmmakers who is curious about cultures and people and places that's other than my own really for my entire career. I've been, uh, uh, working in, in those spaces. Um, but, uh, in the last several years. Um, so I was born and raised in Taiwan, and I moved to the US as a teenager. Uh, but about seven years ago, I decided to move back to Taipei, uh, because my my parents uh, have never left. Uh, we're still there, and we're getting older. And, and um, I find myself also working more and more in Asia. So um, it, it seemed to make sense to move back there. Um, I think... After moving back there, one of my frustrations and is that it's very. It seems like it's very difficult to tell Taiwanese stories for the international audience. Um, people always know Taiwan in the context of China, if at all, right? Like the the joke for us Taiwanese is like you know people ask us if we have any great Thai food lately, and you know um, <laughs> if we are from Bangkok, you know. Um, so uh, and I think also because in the last couple of years. Um, there's there have there has been more interest in in taiwan i think it's a combination of um how taiwan has managed COVID really well um definitely the the chip wars that's uh happening right now with the you know with the uh the uh between us and china you know um try to get these high-end uh chips um uh, but also, you know, with Pelosi's visit and the, the tension escalating, it felt like uh, there was a, a great window to tell a Taiwanese story um, for the international audience. Um, you know, th- there's been a lot of really wonderful uh, journalism reporting um, around the issue of the, the Taiwan Strait. Um, I thought what I could bring to this uh, was a very personal take, um, you know, on uh on the taiwan story and and also because i have this um you know transnational background you know i am a taiwanese and an american passport holder um i felt like i was the right person to take the taiwanese stories and, and translate it basically for the international audience so that's really how how this film came about and, and again,
0: Kinman Island is just so fascinating to me. I mean, the, the, I, I mean, in, in your film, you liken it and other people have likened it to Berlin during the Cold War, where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's it's not just two miles from the chinese mainland it's also surrounded by china china's mainland bath it's it's like a i think one uh like a state department or something like that uh educational film refers to it in the in the film that you uh, that you have is as, as the cork you know uh in in the in the bottle or the of a and it's it is this you know i I think that you know Americans in particular are uh almost in, inured sometimes to how far off wars can be that we're involved in. Um, or, or conflict, you know, we don't really have, I mean, there's, there's tension on the Southern border right now, you know, with, with the immigration debate and, 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 uh, and, and, and that sort of is particularly in, in Texas. Uh, but we don't have anything like, you know, guns pointed at us, you know, like from, from, you know, and, and uh, and, and such a, a level of international, Tension uh, and and hostility between two areas, and I I think it's just it's it's also you know the the images you pack a lot into into nineteen minutes uh, in in this documentary because you've got your own story, you've got your parents, you've got the people on the island, and some of the images that you show in this. You know, there, there are these, they're just gorgeous, the, like some of the man-made stuff, you know, there with the, you know, the, the towers and, and the lights on in both on Kinmen and in the mainland. And then also just like the, this, the, you have this image that's everywhere, this sinking tank, this, you know, World War II era tank that's sinking into the beach and people doing fashion shoots there and so forth. It's just this great, like, how did you even pare it down? Because it seems like
1: there's so much there to cover. How did you get it into 20 minutes? Um, I, I think I think that was you know people ask me what was the biggest challenge uh, for to make this film and then I, I really do think it's kind of a simple film and a simple story you know it's a glimpse it's nothing complicated we're not trying to you know uh, give a, a really comprehensive situation you know uh, sort of description of the situation um, but that is exactly. Uh, Why it was difficult? Um, because it, it, we had to take these really rich, you know, um, layers of history. Um, Definitely between Taiwan and China, but U.S. played a huge role, you know, a, as you're mentioning, you know, um, and try to pare that down into something that feels like, you know, spot a spare, um, you know, it, it makes room for for these images that, uh, you know, that hope I hope actually tells a lot of the the story and then fills in a lot of holes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the big challenge there was always like, how do I personalize this really complicated geopolitical situation, right? I mean, I could explain, I could give you a history lesson, um, but I think that people are, are intrigued or compelled or, or, or connect to a story the most when you touch them in the heart, in, you know, in addition to in the head. And you have to pick just the right details, and just the right images that is resonant, that's memorable, right? I mean, the, both that image of the tank and and that that uh, broadcast tower, especially in the evening, are very memorable. Um, so, so I, I think I think you know, for, for me, those were the the biggest challenges to pick just the right words and wrote, you know, write just the right narration uh, to describe the the situation. Um, and. I mean, Kimmen is—it's such a fascinating place. It really is. Uh, and and in terms of American involvement, um, if you if you Google the the name, the old uh, English name for Kimmen, which is Kemoy, Q U E M O Y, and uh, Nixon Kennedy, you'll find this portion of the. 1960s presidential debate when the two of them talked about the Kimon Islands, in, in addition to Matsu Island, which is another set of islands, just you know, in similar situation further yep. north, um, where uh, uh, Kennedy says it's really dumb for uh, you know Americans to help the uh, the Chinese nationalist army to defend uh, these two islands that are really you know militarily really you know strategically. Poorly positioned, should people should you know uh, the, the military should retreat from um, from these two islands and just defend the Taiwan Strait, which is a more natural barrier between uh, you know the Taiwan and China, where Nixon comes out and say you know we're not giving those commies a single inch of the free <laughs> land you know um, so uh, it, I think I think that that's that's the difficult part is even though the U S has been involved and I, I, not just involved, integrally involved, right. right? And until today, um, uh, the Americans have, have just very little knowledge of the situation there. And and it is very far away, you know, all the way literally on the other side of the globe. So um, I, I feel I
0: wonder if also part of it is just this sort of, particularly after the United States recognized the, uh, Communist China as as China in the UN and stopped its recognition of Taiwan or as as the you know as the you know the legitimate Chinese government. Um, it's it, we've had you know, the United States has had this sort of stren- strategic ambivalence about Taiwan about you know there there is you know an embassy here in the United States but they can't call it an embassy you know there's an ambassador but they can't call him an ambassador. Um, you know, every time somebody, uh, you know, talks to, to President Biden about Taiwan, his aides, you can just feel them clench up that, you know, he's going to say something that is going to offend either the, you know, the Chinese or the Taiwanese government. <laughs> and we just in and and that sense, I think that what's a real strength of your film is that you, you take that, that – there is that sort of weird in-betweenness, if you will, of – the United States relationship and other countries' relationship to Taiwan, and and it's it's also a part of your own identity. You know, like there is this great scene where you lay out all three passports that you have. Uh, you know, your your American passport, your Taiwanese passport, and then the it's called the what is it the the, the companion passport, yeah, the, the Chinese, yeah, the
1: Taiwanese compatriot. Uh, uh, I don't know what the pro- appropriate translation is. It basically like a, a, a residence permit where, right. you know, from, from the Chinese government's perspective, I'm a Chinese national right you now. So that's my ID in their eyes, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. The compatriot permit.
0: Yeah. And just communicating that, you know, and, and we're, we're, you know, we're talking about, you know, 80 going on, you know, 75, 80 years of this weird relationship that the United States has to, to Taiwan And it, it is what I think, what I find fascinating too, is that the, it's not a static one, even, you know, even now, because as you hinted this in your, in your film too, that the, you know, there are 24 million people who live on Taiwan and, you know, most of them are, you know, a a lot of them have been born since, you know, like, you know, the, from the sixties on, you know, when things started to change with the Taiwan's relationship to the UN and the United States. And, and they think of themselves as Taiwanese, not necessarily as, as you know Taiwanese first, not you know the 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 party of uh, um, nationalist China after after World War Two. And it's just this again, sort of a fascinating uh, uh, viewpoint of of like this rapidly evolving you know
1: culture at the same time that the political system is also rapidly evolving. I, I think that sometimes people have this idea that identity. Um, you know, it's like as we grow up, as we kind of, you know, start to self-actualize, right? Start to learn who we are as people. It's like we're we're going on a treasure hunt for the this identity thing, and you dig it out, and you open a box, and there it is. You know, that's my identity, and I'm taking it. I know who I am now. And I'm done. You know, but that's not the case. You know, I mean, I guess especially for. Well, people like me, people like people in Taiwan, where the the situation around you are constantly evolving, and 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 your relationship to it is constantly evolving. You know, um, I think that you're you're describing this sort of transition from Taiwan being the quote unquote free China um, because of the the you know it being. Uh, run or led by the, the losing side of the Chinese Civil War for, right. for so many years to now where the younger generation have you know, don't know the wall the war at all and, and they just fully embrace this Taiwanese identity and they're really confused about why Taiwan is not seen as a country because we have a president, we have a legislate a legislature, you know, we we have mayors down to the neighborhood association head you know why white, white we have a full fully you know functioning democratic government that has c- consistently 70 80 percent seventy 80 percent of voting rate I mean that's unthinkable in the US right. um, and and we're not a country you know because our neighborhood bully says well that's not a person over there you know right. even though it looks like a person it acts like a person it's not a person um so it it's when you have that that you know it it sort of I don't know in some ways it messes with the heads of, of the people that that live in Taiwan right and then so so it is this constantly evolving um, relationship uh, to to what it means to be a Taiwanese person and and this constantly evolving relationship with China and with the US right
0: and and you should mention too that you're you've you've done work in in China um, you know, the, one of your films, one of your more recent films, our time machine is set in, in China, you know, it's a, it's a, 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 about a, um, you know, it takes place in the Shanghai opera house. Some, some of it, I mean, so, I mean, like you've, you have spent time in, in China and worked in China and there's a, there's a passage in your film where you talk about like how, you know, when you went there after you were expecting, you know. Basically, the way people describe North Korea, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, and it was this vibrant, incredibly mm-hmm. vibrant place, and you know, the, the the ferry between Kinmen and the mainland was restarted, and there was a, like a little bit more interaction. And then COVID, just as it did for, it disrupt, it disrupted all of that, and and it's uh, it's again, like the, the, it's not just a you, you know, you I think you really touch on that how. This is complicated because it isn't so much that is a political thing, but a lot of the people in China and Taiwan don't view each other as enemies. They're they're still there. It's like literally the neighbor,
1: right? I I, I, w- I would say that most people in in China and Taiwan uh, don't view each other uh, as enemies. Um, you know, it, it, when it's all said and done, we we are ethnically. You know at least the majority of taiwan and the majority of china are ethnically han chinese and we we do share um the same history um you know and i i think that i think that's the i, I for me you know this is actually as i'm saying this i'm actually struggling as well right mm-hmm. it's like do i i look at what china is doing in terms of its policy outwards and its policy inwards and i think that government is just doing a terrible job. Right. Um, but at the same time, I have such fondness for the people, you know, and for the place. And I find the place just really fascinating. And and, and I know a lot of my, my friends in China, or my friends who are Chinese in, in dias- diaspora, um, they feel the same way, you know, about the Taiwanese people. And 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 so when we have this this you know uh, you know reading about the, the the tension up and down and you know the the fact that China China might be militarily threatening Taiwan, it's just hard for us to process, and it's hard for us to sort of find a way to critique China, but without painting it as this you know evil monolith, which is I think the you know the the issue. With the some of the international coverage of China, is, is that that people are, are simplifying it to be this like sort of monolithic? Um, you know, people are all drones, and they believe in you know what Xi Jinping says, and they do all these terrible things. But that simply is not the case. You know, people have have thoughts and ideas, and and they're not allowed to express themselves, perhaps, or they're trying to express themselves in ways you know more underground, more more sort of hidden ways. But but there's a whole there's a diverse population and diverse opinion in china as 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 there is in taiwan so yeah it's a it's a it's a very interesting situation right now
0: and i i can't help but feel too that the one of the reasons for some of the escalating anxiety you know about you know what could happen is that you know in in the case of hong kong you know when when the british you know relinquished control in 1997 there was still you know for years you know an independent press and I mean as, as a film buff you know like I love you know so many so much of the cinema that came out of Hong Kong and you know it, it had its a, a more distinct you know like world that seemed like it could continue and then we saw this crackdown you know in in this gradual ramping up of you know, cracking down on, on the press. And, and it's, I think that that is because Taiwan has so much of its own culture and, and developing and including the film community. I do want to talk about the film community in in Taiwan because it's a, it's an incredibly diverse and, and, and interesting and, and crazy, you know, uh, film community that there, there is this anxiety that that could happen if, if there is, even if there's a peaceable solution to, you know, you know, the, I think somebody talked about it, the inevitability of 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 China and Taiwan. You know, kind of coming back together, and what that would mean. Would it be another hon- situation like Hong Kong?
1: Well, I, I think if, if China is trying to, you know, convince Taiwan to to accept this, you know, sort of uh, one one nation, two system, you know, uh, arrangement. I, I think what they did in Hong Kong just sort of ruined that deal. I mean, there's no way the, the Taiwanese people is going to believe China now when they say, you know, um, yes, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get together and you get to do your own thing for the next hundred years. I mean, that's what they told Hong Kong. I mean, not not you know, not specifically that scope, right? I'm just sort of throwing the hundred years out as a. Um, as a random number, but the fact is, um, China had promised Hong Kong self-rule for, mm-hmm. uh, for decades and, and, you know, in a matter of, of, you know, I don't know, 20, I guess it's, so, it is also been already 30 years. Um, 20, yeah.
0: 27, yeah. 27, almost 27 years since 27, the handover.
1: Right. 27 years. That's it. Yeah. Almost 30 years um and then they just decided that they're done and and you know the system or this arrangement is no longer and it that whatever in in hong kong turned the taiwanese public opinion squarely against china i mean yeah. people just don't trust china anymore um so yeah i mean you know i people people see china people are worried um and and I'm not, I don't want to paint this picture of like people are sitting all day long fretting and thinking right. about this because you know in Taiwan um people are going on uh, about their lives and and in in some people really do see this as just another um blip in the the 70 years of the same thing you know maybe it's a little bit more tense than than 10 years ago uh but it's still not you know the way that the the outsiders, the, the international press, is painting it. But at the same time, no one is looking at China and thinking, "Oh yeah," you know. I'm I'm sorry. No one's looking at Hong Kong and thinking that China is a, a a credible partner, you know, in any negotiation coming up. And um, and then the frustration though is also that the Chinese government, the way they make decisions, is so opaque and unpredictable. So it's not like there's a pattern where. You could kind of figure out what they're gonna do next, you know. So, so I think Taiwanese people do live in this limbo, and and it's a limbo that 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 we have no control over, um, you know. And and you know, again, I mean, that's not the whole of our existence, but that's a big part of our ex- existence that we deal with. And that's kind of what I wanted to to present in this film. Really, it's that feeling of of being in limbo and that feeling of being stuck in between.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's, and I think it's communicated very well. Um, and so I, I do, I'm going back to, you know, the, the, uh, again, being a part of like this very vibrant film culture in, in <laughs> Taiwan. And, and again, I, I realize that I am in the minority, you know, because I'm that much of a film dork, you know, <laughs> that I've, you know, <laughs> that I've attended, you know, like screenings, you know, here in, in Washington, Washington, uh, you know, is again, you know, it's a, different audience, you know, you can, you can screen Taiwanese films and people will come, you know, and, and maybe that's not the case in, you know, some, some other places, but, you know, we're very, you know, the, the, um, the, the Taiwanese, you know, uh, the, the educational and cultural authority, the row, I think they're called, you know, they, they sponsor a lot of events here. There's a, actually an incredible restaurant here in, in DC, Maketo, uh, that, that uh, the chef is uh, Taiwanese American, Eric Berner Yang. I mean, so I, I, I'm a little bit more invested in it <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> um, but talk about this, that you are now, you know, you're, you're living in Taipei I mean, you're, you're, you're coming to us from San Francisco, but you're living uh, more in Taipei, you know, uh, as you stated at the beginning of the podcast, talk about like being a part of that film culture, because it's, I mean, it's, again, it's, there's a lot of people who live in Taiwan, but it's gotta be a small world, small town for, for the movies.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think I, I think folks know Taiwanese cinema, right? The new Taiwanese cinema with uh, with Ho Xiaoxian and Edward Yang mm-hmm. and Tsai Ming Liang, um, and and I think maybe more people know about you know Ang Lee, uh, yeah. who who you know. I, I guess maybe people don't know that he's Taiwanese. They probably think he's uh, Chinese, or you know, he's definitely ethnically Chinese. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's been a rich history of, of cinema in Taiwan, um, and you know you were mentioning Hong Kong cinema back back in the the 80s and 90s. I mean the two. Film community were quite integrated. You know, the the, the Taiwanese um, actors will go and make movies in Hong Kong, and and you know, people collaborate. And we certainly grew up watching Jackie Chan movies and and whatnot. So John Woo um, movies yeah. and Chow Yun um, Fat, right. yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. you're you're a film buff. I'm a film buff. I mean, that's how I became a filmmaker because I, I just love. I I I you know, I think that was those were always my favorite time. In, in as a child is spending, you know, those two, three hours, or um, I guess movies just weren't as long then. No, they weren't <laughs> like an hour and a half, two hours, right? Um, in the dark theater. Um, so um, and, and the documentary community is also very much growing and it's becoming more vibrant. Um, there's a, a, a actually kind of significant support from the government, uh, for, for documentary filmmakers. Um, I think that some of the challenges that that we have with the documentary, uh, feel is that, um, there, there isn't necessarily an understanding of the international audience. Um, so, uh, there, there's actually, I mean, yeah, there have been really incredible sort of box office setting documentaries that domestically gross more than a lot of the Hollywood films, but, um, uh, but there's not as much that uh, are you know, sort of accepted or, or sort of celebrated internationally. So that's what we're hoping to change. You know, what we're hoping yeah. that, that coming up, we can be a part of this, uh, this movement to, to get more Taiwanese nonfiction out in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I, uh, I, I love Edward Yang's film. I love, uh, I, I always say that English name wrong, The Abider's Summer Day. I think that's a, uh, do you know that film? It's no, the, no. yeah it's a it's a, it's actually a it's very long it's like a four-hour epic um, but it's amazing because it, it it does what I want to do in my films which is that take a very personal approach to this really epic you know geopolitical yeah. situation I mean it is about the arrival of the nationalists um, okay. you know uh, from China to Taiwan and what happened to the Taiwanese. During that time, yeah. um, you know the, the the oppression, some of the the sort of uh, you know um, more uh, violent things that happened during that time, but it's framed okay. around this really innocent love story between two teenagers. You know, so oh. um, yeah, it's uh, it, add, add something to the queue now. <laughs> yeah, you, you should you should watch it. the The, the lead is a, a teenage uh, Zhang Zhen, who is a, a Taiwanese actor who was who played the the doctor in Dune. Most recently, okay, uh, do you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he's a Taiwanese actor. So he was like 16 years old, and he was a lead in that film. So it's oh, a wow. it's a really beautiful film. So um, yeah, please catch you catch it if you can. And 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 On Lee, you know, I mean, what what can you say about that, that right. guy? I just he's such an inspiration, you know. Yeah. Um, the fact that he can tell stories from all different cultures and all different backgrounds, and just really, you know just a- a- allowing the audience to connect to all these different characters as human beings, you know, the, the yeah. way he humanize humanizes a situation. Um, you know, it's, I'm a big fan.
0: Yeah. No, I, and I, I think that that, you know, the, that seems to be what you're attempting with your own films too, you know, is, is taking these, you know, taking these very, you know, kind of, potentially complicated, uh, shall we say, political situations or cultural situations and zeroing in on on a few lives and a few images and, and weaving them. So um, again, the, the movie, uh, your, your movie is uh, Island in Between. Uh, it's uh, nominated for an Academy Award. That, this must be uh, a talk about limbo you've got you've still got a, a few weeks before you find out uh but uh you know anyway it's t- time to get uh, fitted into your tux and so forth right for uh for your trip down to
1: to hollywood any anything else we should know before uh before we wrap things up uh no no i'm just uh, i'm just thrilled that the stories out there um that that i i get to introduce a little bit of taiwan you know to the world and people are getting curious and 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 you know like you said, Jason, it's available on the New York Times website. And uh, it's also available on their uh, YouTube channel, the New yep. York Times YouTube channel. Um, yes. So it's actually really accessible.
0: And, and, and it is not four hours long. It is 19 minutes. <laughs> it's, a, it's very
1: it's very digestible. <laughs> it's low, low commitment <laughs> at, at 19 minutes, not even 20 minutes. You can watch well, it at lunch. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, well, Leo, thank you so much for taking time uh, to, to talk about your movie. I encourage everybody to watch it. Good luck at the Academy Awards. I can't imagine what's going through your head, uh, and enjoy enjoy the run up to it. Uh, and and would love to love to have you back again. I, I wish I wish we were doing this podcast uh, in 2012 uh, when uh, Mr. Cow Goes to Washington came out. Uh, but you know, we'll maybe maybe another time. Maybe we'll do a rewatch or something like that, and try to try to get you back on the show.
1: <laughs> uh, anytime, Jason. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you.